You're listening to Flipping the Barrel Podcast, a women's perspective in oil and gas. We are your hosts, Macy and Jamie. And our mission here is simple, to bring you the untold stories of this industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast. This is a very special one because it's been eight months since Jamie and I have been able to record outside of Zoom, and we are here at the NOV Towers in Houston, Texas. And we are extremely excited to be part of this episode with the one and only Michael Gaines, the voice of NOV. Yes. So, Michael, we've been so excited for this day, and I'm so happy you allowed us to come to the towers to do this and to be in person. I just love it. And, you know, one thing I'm sure a lot of people are asking is to have a title as the voice. I mean, what do Mm. you really do? What is your job? You just need a voice. That's all. (laughs) And you can have a title, too. And it doesn't come with a big red chair either. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't spin around and say you can sing because if that were the case... I'd be out. <laughs> yeah, no. So actually, the title came actually several years ago when I started, had the opportunity to start with NOV in the capacity of helping with the podcast. And so actually, David Reed, our chief technology officer and, and chief marketing officer came up with the idea. And then I worked with some others and we tried to get it together. And so he's like, okay, well, you're going to be you know, doing this podcast. And really, it started internally because we just wanted to test it really quick and see, you know, would it, would it work? Would it not? It's like, well, you're going to do this podcast and you kind of need a title to go with it. So be thinking about that. And my old manager, she told me, she said, hey, think think about that. And it's like, okay. And I said, oh, hey, here, here's one, The Voice. Isn't that funny? And then I thought, thought some other titles and went on ahead. And sure enough, like I got a notification in my inbox and it was like, your title's been updated. I was like, oh, I don't remember putting in an update. What, what is it? it was, the Voice. It's like, oh. Okay, well, I guess that's my title. So, uh, <laughs> that's a yeah, pretty cool so title. It's, it's a good party opener, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. it's just like if I can't get the crowd to laugh or <laughs> smile, or I was like, well, my title's a voice. Like, oh, really? Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that's outside of the podcast, cool. what else do you do for Nov? Well, I have the opportunity to work with some really, really great folks. I know that it's almost like when you talk about your your newborn kid. I have the cutest one ever. Well, I think I have the best team ever. And I think that's a fact. So if you like to dispute that, you know, talk to me afterwards. But <laughs> I get to work with several folks. So we have a really talented young lady that works with us, Shelby, and she runs our social media program. And she is phenomenal. So it's just I just ask her a question. She's like, Oh, well, I've done all this research. Let me show you. It's like, bloop. It's like, wow, like, how do you do that? So social media, I have a couple other folks, Jason and Amanda, they're on our content team. So they help with writing technical papers and articles and, you know, things on our intranet and a lot of those things, which is just really, really, really great. They both are just super talented and I'm just honored to work with them. It's kind of like, I try to clear a path for them. It's like, what what else do you need? Like, you know, do you need a cup of lemonade? Like whatever you want, like I'll, I'll get it for you. I, I just want to support them because they are, they are just always cranking out great work. So, so content social media, and then, of course, the podcast. But also, we have two LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube live shows that we do weekly. So one is NOV Live. So I get to work with that. And that's where we just take a deep dive with technical experts and subject matter experts and talk, like kind of geek out on technology. So you know, what is it? You know, what does it do? How does it work? Tell me about critical dimensions, flow rates, diameter, I mean, you, you name it. And we broadcast that live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And then at 1.30, we kind of almost take the opposite side and we dive into things around like markets, right? So what's going on in the markets? Tell me about, you know, that M&A that I just heard about earlier this week. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? How does that work? 
help me understand what is valuation of a company. I mean, unfortunately, we have to learn some other financial terms like bankruptcy. Like, what mm-hmm. does that really mean? Does that mean a company? So just really understanding those terms for, you know, and I'm raising my hand, the average Joe that's just kind of like, okay, like I've heard these things. You know, we're, we're trying to help one of the taglines, Asad Mahana, he's the director of business strategy at NOV. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, I really want people to know that we're bringing the insight out. Mm-hmm. So he's like the equivalent of a, like a, a consulting firm inside our company. But he he provides that insight for all of our businesses. And he's like, well, I want to share some of those insights as well. So we we try to share some of those perspectives that we have here at NOV with the rest of the world. So I help him with that. And then as is always the case on a job description at the very end, you know, duties as assigned. So yeah. uh, <laughs> so I help with, you know, webinar. Or I'll help with you know, Whatever's wrapping up cables, you, whatever, yeah. whatever is needed. So I, I like the variety. So it's fun. That's amazing. That's something that we definitely want to talk about after and towards the end of the episode yeah. is the marketing that you guys do on LinkedIn sure. on social media is just like no one else does mm-hmm. what you guys do. And it's really interesting because there's it's free online, yeah. you know, yeah. like obviously you have to pay the people to do yeah. it, but it's free marketing. It's free views. And not enough people are tackling it, mm. which for you guys is probably like, please don't change, you know, <laughs> let us still run uh, the world. The social media doesn't exist. No yeah, one so, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, social don't media worry about sucks. It. <laughs> don't do it. But yeah, it's definitely something that we're very interested in talking about because yeah. you guys do an excellent job. Yeah. But what I think is really cool about you, though, is your story. I mean, mm. mm-hmm. you did not come from oil and gas. You know, your background's very different. I think it's very inspiring. And we really want to get into that. So mm-hmm. we'd really like to start on just like kind of how you got started. What was life like with you growing up? And, you know, kind of get into how you even got into oil and gas. Mm. So let's just start just yeah. like with what was life when you were younger. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. there's the harps play and then everything is blurry and we go to Little Michael, right? Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Little yeah. Michael. So, well, I was born and raised in Dallas and now being in Houston, I just love that as an opener because it's just kind of like, I love debates. So I just say, I'm from Dallas. Go. You know, and <laughs> yeah. then, then I just wait for the, the lobs. So uh, it's like Mavericks fan, Cowboys fan, just on and on. So here, here come the, the verbal darts. That's okay. But yeah, so grew up in Dallas. Actually, my, my parents moved down to Texas from Virginia in the 80s. So they were here, buddy. I'm me. I'm oldest of three. I have a brother that's three and a half years younger than me. And he lives in Austin. And I have a sister that's six years younger than me. And she lives in the Fort Worth area. Okay. But yeah, so three of us. So grew up there, you know, really loved it. And then went to school out in East Texas. And the reason I chose out there, actually, Laterno University is where I went to school in Longview. And the reason I chose that is because my my dad spent the better part of more than two decades, almost three decades, as a U.S. Navy reservist. So I grew up, you know, with him doing his weekend a month and two weeks every year, you know, doing his training with the Navy. And so it was really normal to go and there's a joint reserve base in Fort Worth where there's like Army, Air Force, Navy kind of joint branches come together and they all kind of use that as a, a common base. And so it was common also every other year for the Blue Angels to come in. Mm-hmm. And so I remember as a kid, like seeing those things like fly around, it's like, ooh, that, like, how do I do that? And so I just, I've always had a fascination with aviation. I could just talk about it all day long. And so when I you know graduated high school, I said, hey, I want to go and be a part of the Air Force Academy. So I, you know, got my medical certificate, got a, I actually was able to get a recommendation and, and all those pieces. And then I said, well, you know, everything works out except that you don't have perfect, uncorrected 2020 vision. You know, it's mm-hmm. like once you get in, like, you know, then you, you can work from there. But going in for what I wanted to do to be a fighter pilot, you had to 
have that uncorrected 2020. So I was like, well, okay, well, maybe I can do commercial. And so I was able to get a, a waiver and, and went to school. And so I started doing ground school and, and really liked it. But it's kind of one of those things where you learn, you know, sometimes it, you can really like something, but it's just not for you mm-hmm. specifically, right? And uh, so that was that was a that was a challenge. I mean, it took a little bit of time for me to finally come to to terms with, okay, you know, this isn't isn't for me. But you know, all my friends still do it, and that was okay. I learned over the years to really celebrate that, to be okay with the fact that even though it's something I thought I really wanted to yeah. do. Mm-hmm that it was okay and that there was a, a different plan for for where I was going to go. So what ended up happening is actually uh, changed my major to marketing. And the reason I spe- I was very intentional about why I chose marketing, while I admire, you know, those that are graphic designers mm-hmm. and illustrators and animators, for me, marketing was more on the, the kind of the strategy side. Mm-hmm. So the, the marketing side, not necessarily marketing communications, but marketing strategy, because I love psychology, but I really like business. And it was like, how do you like, how do you shape it? And really, you know, and I like strategies, like how do you what what major allows you to kind of do that? And for me, that was that was marketing, really understanding, you know, not not so much while yeah, what graphic do you want on your print flyer? That's important. But it was like, who are you talking to? Where are you going? How are you going to get it there? What What are your customers How are you really get them want? To yeah, engage exactly. And and all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like kind of like the the groundwork that allows for all mm-hmm. of the other elements to to mm-hmm. take place, or at least that's how I, I I view it. So yeah, so I switched to marketing, and I just fully like went in feet first. I just said, all right, I'm just going to go all in, and, and really enjoyed it. I mean, we had a marketing club on on campus, and I was like, how do I get involved? And end up being a part of that. And then I was the the marketing club president and, you know, part of the American Marketing Association and went to So you really found your niche. Yeah. I was like, just like, yeah. oh man, I really, really like it. And so, so I started doing that. And so that was kind of through college, ended up being student body president and, and still doing, doing marketing and really trying to find ways to leverage what I was learning right on the, on the university campus. So that was really fun. So um, tell us about, we heard that you got your first job and it wasn't at all what you thought. Yes. Like, you know, like you're yes. talking about marketing. You're so passionate yes. about it. Like, yeah. I'm going to kill exactly. it when I graduate. And then you were like cold calling and yeah. doing like the typical yeah. crappy sales oh, role. <laughs> it was yeah. it was tough. So, yeah, so I graduated in 2008. So my, well, at the time, my, my wife and I were dating. She graduated a year before me and was recruited by one of the big four accounting firms. And she, so she had moved down to to Houston, and and of course, being from Dallas, it's like, well, why would you do that? Like, mm-hmm. there is, you're not supposed to go to Houston. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're only there's only it's only supposed to stay in Dallas. But anyway, we're dating. We got engaged, and I ended up moving down with a friend that worked for one of the operators, one of the major operators, and so I stayed with them in Kingwood, in the northern part of Houston. So, so it's like, okay, graduated. I have my paper, paper right here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, world. Like, look, I'm a college graduate. So you know. One at a time, please offer me a job. And it was just, I started looking and, and it kept hearing people talk about, oh, you know, economy and economy. I was like, yeah, yeah, the economy, it's a thing, but hey, hire me. Yeah. And then so what I found very quickly was that jobs were very, very hard to come by. But I was able to find one where it was an outside sales job and we were reselling shipping services. So, you know, you have like your your major, you know, overnight carriers, uh-huh. you know, like your, your FedEx or UPS or your DHL, those kind of things. So we were reselling some of those services. As extroverted as I am, like I was so apprehensive to knock on a door. I was like, oh man, like I'm bothering somebody Uh and I'm interrupting their day and they're trying to be productive. And and it was such a struggle. But I I did that for for a little bit and and I was glad to have that job. But 
That was July 2008. So July, August, September, October 4th, my wife and I got married, went on our honeymoon in, in the mountains in Colorado, came back. They're like, hey, Michael, like so excited for you, like new husband, you're new to the city. You know, I know you're growing your network, but we're gonna have to let you go. So I was like, oh, okay. So oh. new city, like I don't know anybody. Just got I married. Just got married yeah. and just graduated and I don't have a job and I don't know even how to do this. So it was really interesting. So, you know, my wife was just amazingly encouraging and supportive and, you know, just just poured a lot of encouragement into me. I mean, we did a lot of conversations and a lot of praying. And through that, you know, I was able to find some other work, but it was it was a lot of starts and stops. I mean, it was the morbid going joke between us was that I wouldn't be able to hold a job for more than 30 days. So it's like, I go here and they're like, hey, like, you're great, but like economy, right? Yeah. Here, so, economy. You know, you bring that up and I feel like a lot of people are probably struggling with that right now, Yeah. especially in the scenario that we're in with COVID and yep. just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of uncertain- yep. uncertainty in the market. How are you able to stay positive and keep going? Because ultimately, and we'll get to it, ultimately you found the right job, yep. right? But how did you work through that? And I know you mentioned you spoke to your wife, but like, what did those conversations look like in your mind? How did you stay positive? Yeah. So, so candidly, it was a couple things. One, it really boiled down to, so, you know, like I mentioned, my personal faith, like we really did a lot of praying together and a really a lot of just talking and communicating together and, and thinking through those things, because that was, that was a, a really big source for us. But between us, Rachel and I, she, she had encouraged me really to volunteer, like to volunteer. Actually, our church had a new ministry specifically for people who had lost their job because mm-hmm. of the economy. Mm-hmm. And so what I started doing was like helping people organizing like resume workshops. And like, I mean, I didn't know a lot, but I knew enough to be able to Help. assist a little mm-hmm. bit. And so I was volunteering with with those folks and meeting with them and helping organize those things. And really what I found was, I mean, of course, during this whole time, I'm still looking, you know, for, looking for work mm-hmm. for yeah. sure and trying to go, you know, interview when I can and things. But I found that by having something that allowed me to pour into someone else, it mm-hmm. kind of got me out of a like, oh man, like not everything sucks me. For yeah, me. But I'm, yeah, but yeah, speaking from my own experience, it, it got me out of, yeah, look, look how, how bad I have it. And it's like, well, one, there was always someone else that had it way worse. Way than worse. Me. <laughs> someone that had like, you know, here I am newly married with no kids. And here's a guy that had like two or three kids and he's mid-career and he's trying to find, and I'm like, oh, okay. Not that it's like, well, you know, too bad, but I really dove in and that really helped not only change my perspective, but give me a, an appreciation for the value in, in helping others mm-hmm. around me. And so that was a that was a big part, really, really doing that. And of course, understanding and trying to learn like what networking really meant. Like I didn't really know. I thought it was just someone kind of schmoozing around and just, hey, what do you what are you gonna give for me? But again, what I found was that when I started talking to other folks, uh, there was always someone yeah, willing they were, to help. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. I know this person. Yeah. You know. People within in businesses saying, like, yeah, you know, I have this business and I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And it's like, oh, well. I mean, I've done some collegiate like marketing strategy, like tell me what you're trying to do. Well, mm-hmm. we're trying to position our business this way. It's like, oh, well, maybe you help. should. And so like being able to to help them that way. And then I'm technically inclined. So helping people with, you know, computers or with graphics or anything I could do to help them. Yeah. And that, before you know it, these people are promoting. Yeah. Like, oh, if you know Michael, Michael yeah. can do this. And then, yeah. you know, maybe a job opportunity comes. From yeah. That so it something. was it was really great. Or even more so as you go to those things, you're like, oh, you know, I was over here having this conversation. Actually, I just talked to a guy that's looking for someone just like you. Yeah. You know, why don't I connect you? And, and yeah, sure. There's a there's definitely something in it for you. But but I think the idea of really being able to 
genuinely want to help someone else because you can. I think that's a really powerful thing that really, it's almost like a a universal type thing. Like almost anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And the benefits, even if, I mean, I'm a big believer, even if nothing came back to me, it's not a, I'm going to do this only if it's, I'm going to do this because Mm -hmm. I want the best for you type things. So, um, so anyway, so those were kind of two things that really helped me personally. So tell us, there was obviously no oil and gas background. Your parents didn't come from oil. Your wife didn't either. How did you get into NOV? And tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from not knowing anything about Mm. oil and gas into, you know, here's your job offer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. So, you know, as I mentioned, one of the opportunities I did have in, in college was student government. So after I had been out of college for a little bit, I had come back from one of these networking meetings. There was like a luncheon that actually still goes on here in Houston. And there's a group that, that does them. So I had come back to our little apartment and my wife was, was at work and it was just me. And I was just like, oh man, like, what am I going to do? And again, I was just kind of praying and just kind of walking around the apartment. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to continue to try to put my resume out there and see see what I can get. And it just so happened, I got a call that afternoon and this lady said, hi, you know, so-and-so, I don't know if you remember me. And I was just like, oh, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, this is early Facebook days, but I was, I was like, okay, let me see. Oh, yeah. So I saw her face and then I remember, yeah, I don't know if you remember me, but I work for a company called National Oil Varco and they are looking for a product line champion in Conroe, Texas. And so, you know, the only only downsides are, I see where your address is, you know, it's in Conroe and it requires travel. And she's like, I don't know if, that interests you? And I said, let me think. No problem. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, okay, well, if you're interested, you know, come, come interview. So, so I went up and so I said, well, what's the role beforehand? And she said, well, it's for a roller cone product line champion. So it's like, okay, a roller cone product line champion. Sounds great. So I was like, okay, roller cone, <laughs> Google. So that's a drill bit. So I, I'm Googling drill bits and, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm like, so Home Depot drill yeah. bits? Like, is that what they, oh, yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah, I, you I, had no oh, idea. I've never, I had never seen one in my life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm furiously typing. I was like, I that think is this so is it. Funny. Oh, this. So I'm like on Wikipedia and all this stuff, printing out all these things. So go up for the interview shortly thereafter and remember interviewing with one of the lead engineering managers and it was a really, really great guy. And so he said, yeah, so, you know, tell me about what you know about, about drill bits. And I was, I was just like, wide eyed. I was like, well, I just learned about them last night. And this is like, this I is heard what you I know. Can get them at home yeah, too. I was like, I don't really know. And, and so, but it was fine. We just had a really great conversation and he kind of told me more about the industry and where NOV was and how they played in. And so then I went and interviewed with what would end up being my boss. And he was an expat previously, but had just come back from Australia. And so we had a conversation and, and things tended to go well. I ended up having to give a presentation. They let me choose the topic and I chose the topic on how to be a good team player. Mm-hmm. So I did that interview and then interviewed with several others. And yeah, so then ended up, they ended up hiring me. And so I, I specifically inquired, I said, well, why did you hire me? Like, I'm not an Emmy, double E, yeah, not you a petroleum had, engineer. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know. Yeah. And they said, well, we intentionally wanted to bring in somebody that didn't have previous oil and gas experience to have completely fresh eyes on our industry. They said, we wanted somebody that was strategic and we knew we wanted somebody that had enough understanding of business, but like knowing the industry was almost like, we don't want them to know. Like, yeah, I didn't want, have any of these yeah, preconceived. No preconceived notions yeah. of, of anything. So I was like, okay. That's really cool. And so, yeah, so to your point, so when I dove in, I was like, okay, I will I love new things and I love yeah. diving in. So I did. I started going to these meetings and there was a 
I'm not able to convey how much of an imposter syndrome there was, right? The idea of like, I am such a fraud uh-huh. and <laughs> it is just a matter of time before <laughs> that guy over there out. walks over and says, Michael, I know you don't know what you're doing. I was like, I just knew it was going to come, you know? And I, I remember going to these engineering interviews. Oh and gosh. so people are talking about CFD analysis and and talking about, you know, fluid bypass on the, on, and everybody's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that back rake angle. And, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Back rake. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm furiously like writing air, all these yeah, terms like, down. Cause every, after every out, meeting after. I go to my boss, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I mean, it was, it had gotten to a point many months in, I mean, I kept going to my boss and said, hey, like, I probably shouldn't even be doing this, but I am so grateful for this job, but I really don't know what they're saying in there. He's like, oh, it's no problem. Like, you'll you'll pick it up. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not listening. Like, I, I do not understand. understand yeah. It's like, no problem. He's like, you've got it within you. you under, you'll, you'll get it. And so finally, I just remember being at this meeting. It was, you know, we had, it was like, you know, you have the scene of the movies, kind of like the guy way, way, way on the other side of a table, you know, past the salt, yeah. you know, these long engineering tables. And I remember being way near the end. And they were on the phone with somebody on out Other side some, of the world. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in the world. They were talking about, oh, yeah, we just got this drill bit and da 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 da. And they were talking about some phrases. And I was like, all right. So I just, I just said, hey, guys, like, I know, like, long distance call, right? Call and collect, whatever. I just got to ask. Like, I just heard, he just said this one phrase. Could you just tell me, like, what is that? And, and of course, in my mind, I'm like, all right. And cue laughter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so folks, are like, oh, yeah. And so they just explained it. And then we kept on. I was like, oh, okay. So after that meeting, one of the engineers, one of the senior engineers, he had sent me a note and he said, hey, Michael, he's like, thank you for asking that question in the meeting. He's like, I have been wanting to know for a long time. No. But I, but I just didn't want to ask because like I should have known yeah. beforehand. So thanks for asking. And I was like, oh, that was the flip for me. So I said, okay, if the price of learning is egg on my face or laughter or that guy is just as green as can be, then call me green. No problem. But mm-hmm. I will benefit because I will be learning mm-hmm. and I, I will eventually be able to use this in the future. And so that was the beginning of me kind of being really okay with going to meetings and, hey, just so you know, you need to book in another 15 minutes because I'm just going to ask questions this whole time. Mm-hmm. So and, even yeah. as the product line manager at that time, what was your overall, like what were, because since you were still somewhat trying to understand the product at yeah. the same time when you're managing the product, what were you mainly doing? Like just managing the people then at that point? Or since you had such good skills in the marketing and like the camaraderie teamwork, you were kind of helping bring all that together? Yeah. So, I mean, in the early part, of course, it was well, a lot of it was relationship building. And, and that is one of the aspects of, of oil and gas, really the whole energy industry mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. really love is just the relationships. I mean, now having I was in a meeting today and there was a guy giving a presentation. I was like, oh, yeah, I met him on a trip that I made to, to Europe a while back and I emailed him. And I'm thinking, wow, here's a guy that's like thousands of miles away that you know, I built this relationship with. So really, it was partly relationship building and then, of course, supporting the, the product line director at the time with some of the business forecasting and, and implementation. And so being the product line group, we're basically an incubated business owner, mm-hmm. right, within that. So you wake up today, you're, you know, import export compliance. On Tuesday, you'll be finance. On Wednesday, you'll be field engineering. On Thursday, you'll be financial budgeting and forecasting for the next year. And so I loved that variety. And so it was learning how to be a really good generalist. Like I did. Good at everything. Like not perfect at anything. Good good enough to have a conversation and to know how to like what's going on and to, to be able to manage those things. 
but I don't need to be finance because we have a finance department. I don't need to be an engineer because we have engineers, uh-huh. but I need to at least understand what's going on to be able to support and help guide mm-hmm. the business, right? And so, yeah, so I was really learning, learning those things, a lot of learning. My wife tells me, I have goldfish memory, but my wife tells me that I told her constantly like, oh, I'll never understand this. I'll never understand. And she's like, Michael, like, just give yourself time. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted five years to be one day. And that was really hard for me because I, I have this crazy town drive to be 120 miles an hour all the time and yeah. just to be running all cylinders and to know that there are just some things in life that just take mm-hmm. time. And and in our fiber optic world, mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, well, if time is more than one nanosecond, I ain't got time for that. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. like there are some things like that's okay. Yeah, no, and I think we could all at some point relate because we all, had, you know, we all start in the industry yeah. somehow. And like, yeah. Janie, you probably didn't know anything about what you were selling. I started with drill bits. Same oh, way. Yeah. I probably yeah. didn't yeah. know anything yeah. about Dull it. Dull grading. I'm like a two, one, one. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> I was so They're like bit hydraulics. Yeah. And I was like, like hydraulics on your car. Yeah. <laughs> Up and down. What like, are you how does that talking work? about? Yeah. 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 And it was fluid dynamic. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I can totally relate to that. But one thing that I I really want to point out is when we first talked, you also talked about the progression within NOV and Mm. you made some comments about how you constantly went back to Mm -hmm. one of your, I think it was one of your managers or somebody about a position that you wanted. wanted. And I think that was like really inspiring. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So at the time, as is the case, the only constant in this industry, let alone life is change. And so, you know, there there have been multiple there were multiple changes organizationally within the teams. And so I went from a product line champion, then I, I moved over into a more of a technical support role. So it was almost closer to almost like a commercialization support person, right? Support manager. And then eventually transitioned back into in the product line group again. But at the time, the product line was kind of split. And so I was only managing like kind of one hemisphere and the other part of it was in another business unit. And so it was was kind of a little convoluted. And so it was one of those weird things where, you know, customers see it as, okay, well, you know, here's a product, here's a company, that's it. But, you know, similar to like a a cable company or, you know, like a integrated cable company, they might have cable and telephone and and they're all different departments. And that's Mm -hmm. almost kind of like how this product line was. It was like, well, like this one goes with this business unit and Mm -hmm. this one goes the other. And I saw that. I could see it. And I could see some of the the pains internally Mm -hmm. where someone calls and says, hey, I need this tool. It's like, oh, well. That's not me. Sorry, you're on the other side of the pond. It's this other guy. Let me rewrite. And I was like, man, like I could see it. So I kept saying, hey, guys, can I be the global product line manager for this? Like I really see it. And it's like, well, you know, we'll – Let's just kind of continue to do what you're doing. And and I, and I know the intent was genuine, but it was one of those, the margin between like where I, I knew that I could perform and maybe where they thought I was, it was, it was, it had closed quite a bit over the years. Mm-hmm. I'd learned a lot. I'd been in the field. I'd said, mm-hmm. I committed myself to, you know, really trying to learn these things. And so kind of kept going back and saying, Hey, I really think I can do this. And so it would just kind of, you know, fade off and. And then you know, maybe another six, eight months came by and said, hey, you know, annual review, really looking for additional responsibility. And we continue to have, and I continue to go back and it wasn't, you know, I was really professional about it. I wasn't trying to be annoying or anything, but it was a constant like, okay, well, if I'm not able to do it or they weren't able to give it to me, then, then I looked for opportunities to take on more responsibility. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? I see that this person has a problem. And I think one of the best things I can do is say, hey, how can I fix or take that problem off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Oh, who doesn't want someone to come up and say, yeah. yeah, take these. So I started started doing those things as a way to say like, hey, I'm able to, to take, these, yeah, yeah, I can take these things on. 
And so finally, you know, after a little while, they, they said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it. And there were some internal organizational shifts, and but I was able to to be the global product line manager. And it was great because I, I heard some feedback internally saying, oh, finally, you know, these Somebody problems that we've seen, put it all together. Yeah, yeah, they can they can cover that. And that was really where I felt like I was able to get into a, a really strong stride and really just have a true global kind of ownership of that. And it ended up being, I still think, I mean, I, I love what I do now. If, if I weren't doing this, I think product line is for me personally, mm-hmm. like one of the most enjoyable places. And, and actually when I left product line, I had numerous folks come up to me as like, oh man, you're, you're going to marketing. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, man, that's going to be really hard as an engineer going, going from engineering to, to marketing. I was like, well, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm, I'm just a marketing guy. They're like, no, no, no. But really, I was like, no, like here's my diploma. Like, you know, and I had, I had actually that had just a, shows that a lot of times, like you don't need to be in that role yeah. just because of your paper. It's just like, let's it, once, once school's done, it's really up to like what you do within the work. You that's have to, should, yeah. I mean, you have to jump. And I think it's, it does, while you certainly have to deliver for sure, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's a constant reminder that when it's appropriate, take a chance on, on folks. Like if you can tell that someone really has that grit, mm-hmm. that has that can do, that they'll just jump in. If you say, hey, here's a project, like the idea for me, the ideal scenario is I come back and they're like, hey, I had, I knew nothing about this. I made six phone calls. I went down the hall to this lady. Mm -hmm. I talked to this guy. I had to read this book, but here it is, right? It It might be a little sloppy and glue's falling off the page, but, but, but here's, here it is. And to me that, and so that's kind of the mentality I took. It's like, I don't know how this works, but I'll take a course. I'll go out in the field. I went, I went, ended up riding along with some of the guys up in Fort Worth and and some of the drill bits and Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I've never done this. Let's go on a rig. Help me understand that. And yeah. that is so helpful. You know, that's, and yeah. yeah and and so if, if you're willing to jump in and, and just say, down and dirty yeah, then, and then I think that's that's a really big, big plus. Wow. Well, you've had a very awesome career, especially what I love is that it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Like most people no. think sometimes looking up like the voice at NOV, of course, that guy, no. like he went to marketing and here he is. No. And it's like, you know, when you dig down into people's stories, you all realize through even all our podcasts, they, they all, everyone goes through challenges mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what's really cool about it. But on the topic of NOV, one mm-hmm. thing that we're insanely interested in <laughs> is what's the secret, I guess? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Was the this a part where we edit it all out? <laughs> yeah. because, uh, the marketing <laughs> secret behind yeah. what you'll have yeah, captured. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Just like I feel like it's, it's – for me, like looking from the outside, it's, it's obviously the people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the culture, the team. You guys have yeah. like a different flavor and you mm-hmm. – I don't know. You look at things a little bit differently. You're always kind of like the first ones out. But mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about like social media back in the day, not even now, but when you guys started, when it was still kind of like looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And you you guys probably look like you were crazy. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I can tell you the secret. The secret in large part is a mixture of David Reed and allowing us to do crazy things mm-hmm. and him being amazingly comfortable with failing. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, let, let's try this. Like, oh, David, like, we just tried this thing and it was a flop. And he's <laughs> like, all right, well, uh, what do you have for lunch? And he's yeah. like, well, but, 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 but I failed. Like, are, isn't that, you know. <laughs> And he's he really I mean it's it's not a it's a, not a lot of talk it's a lot of walk mm-hmm. like he really allows us to try new things so yeah An experiment so, so you yeah. know what works and what doesn't he, yeah and so yeah. he he has been a real big champion I mean all yeah even when you know the social media first started I mean he was always an advocate for for seeing those things and saying like hey like this is really going to be where things are going and he has this knack of really being able to kind of call some of those things out I mean he. 
I'm certain he he doesn't, you know, provide foreshadowing for lotto pick numbers. Yeah. But but in terms of like business and strategy and and specifically ways of engaging with customers and, and things like I mean, he's really, really good at that. And so there's really that's a, a big aspect, but but also giving us the the freedom, uh, the license to to try that. And he he really supports us in that. Even when, you know, as you know, you think of an adoption curve, right? Mm-hmm. So in the very early stage, you have to have early adopters. And I, I feel like he's definitely in that space. And so because he is, and because he is a champion for these things, you know, we have someone that we can kind of incubate ourselves within and, and, well, test. and somebody at that level too, that supports yeah. you. You really need that within the company because when you do start experimenting and there is maybe a flop, mm-hmm. you have somebody up top that's like, no, 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 like it's fine. Yeah. We're just going to pivot and do something else. Yeah. When you don't have that person, then you could see maybe a whole marketing team go away yeah. because nobody's supporting it. And he, yeah. And so that's really amazing that y'all have that. And, you know, you have him there. Yeah. That, and he, y'all. he's, and I'm sure, you know, if you, if you talk to him, he, he would say the same thing that it hasn't been just this, you know, steamrolled smooth road. I'm sure he's I mean, gotten a lot yeah, of backlash there's a lot being of, at the yeah. top. Like, yeah. how did you let but, this go but, out? But, but I know? think through those that fail quickly, but, but also when you find something that works, exponentially increase it and it's like a flywheel effect and you know success begets success to a certain degree and so and yeah but it's it's always it's that healthy hunger Mm -hmm. right being being okay with what you have but also saying okay but you know just what's what's that extra 15 20 percent what about that thing over there i kind of is that something we can do or Mm -hmm. or a concept one of the big things that that david always pushed us to internalize is that you know, our yardstick isn't, you know, within our own organization. It's not the guy next door. I mean, in his mind, it's like, you know, okay, so what's the largest movie studio in the world? Yeah, that's that's the one that we're we're working against, mm-hmm. right? Or that's that's our competition to a certain degree. That's it wasn't even cool. industry. I mean, he's just the world, right? Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. But- I mean, really, truly. Well, and it- but it shows. It, it, yeah. No, totally. Because if you even if you look at if you were just to stay within the industry and say, well, we're doing the best within the industry, yeah. then it's like, well, but then what are you really comparing yourself against if you look at Apple? Yeah. Or if you look oh, at yeah. what these tech companies are yeah. doing. Like we go to their websites and we're like, did you see that yeah. website? Yeah. You know, Compared, their marketing is just yeah. so well done. But know? and if you compare yourself to that level, you've got nothing but to be, yeah. you know, be better at what you're doing. So that's a really good perspective. So the, to and have. The, the the other the flip side of it though is that he yeah he's always we're always shooting for like how does it look. Hollywood style, and usually when people like really drill down, there's like, oh, well, you're this big NOV. You probably have like $80 billion worth of marketing budget. And usually it's just, okay, we've made a incredibly modest investment a long time ago, and we're just still using the same stuff. And it really is, like you said earlier, like our people. Like we have people that are, yeah. I mean, I just love to walk by their desks or, or whenever people are at their desk. We're here. Yeah. yeah, but but I love and just to talk to them, and I'm just like, wow, like how do you how do you do that? I mean, that looks so photorealistic. These animations. Mm-hmm. We have a guy that is on our team, and he, I am not even kidding. Like he's, I'm like, what 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 did you work on at home? Oh well, I did this this video overlay of me like kind of 3D animation of like raising rocks and a photorealistic rock. Like he's got like Jedi powers. And he's like, oh, I was just trying out this new technique. I found this new song. And I was like, that's what you do for fun? So then he comes right. to work and he's like, oh, you want me to make you like a whole world with a rig drilling down laterally? No problem. And then, yeah, yeah, okay. And then it's just like, you know, wind and wait. And I'm just like, whoa. But that's but that's just cool. like an example of like yeah. how the whole team is. People are really passionate. They really want to so work cool. with each other. Like, yeah, we have, again, I enjoy like a good debate. So sometimes there's conflict, but but it's all because we're trying to reach like excellence, right? Mm-hmm. And And I think it's really key to, understand the difference between perfection and excellence. You know, perfection's just trying to have it 
100% all the time, no mistakes, whereas excellence is, sure, there might be mistakes, but the path to get there is everyone working together and knowing what their superpower is mm-hmm. and then like just rocking and rolling in that space, right? So anyway. So yeah, no, you guys do. have done an excellent job. And I think what's really cool too is you guys have learned how to give value, free value mm-hmm. to the public, mm-hmm. which is really how you'll get followers, how you have people tuning yeah. in. Is not just like, buy, 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 look at my tools all day long. It's like, hey, we're going to talk about yeah. the industry today. Yeah. And just like giving free value, like you said. And I think like even when you guys started the podcast, it was internally, mm-hmm. but a lot of what you guys do is external and you yep. share more mm-hmm. than any other company, you yeah. know? So I think that's pretty cool. Well, you can give David Reed a, hot, a call on the hotline. Shout out to yeah, David Reed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting near the end. And yeah. there's a, one question I really wanted to ask you because I know you've done stuff on the sales side and stuff on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still a lot of confusion within our industry in like what is marketing and what is sales Mm. because it is different you need a marketing department like specifically Mm. y'all have one and it does show like we just Mm -hmm. talked about how great your marketing is Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you don't have salespeople creating your marketing could you maybe give us some like perspective on that Mm. because they're different yeah 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 so so i can give you kind of my perspective on it i'm sure that there's a whole you know world of differing perspectives but for me my experience has been it's certainly a, a partnership for sure. And I think that, you know, while you you might have someone who's in a, a sales capacity, I really see that as really it may be a, a primary relationship, you know, engager, someone who's really bringing the voice of the customer to us and saying, hey, you know, I've I've been talking with, with it. I've been out there with the customer. Mm-hmm. I've been to their office. I've been really trying to intimately understand what mm-hmm. it is that they need. And then they bring that to us. And so as a kind of internal partnership, we say, okay, you know, from a sales standpoint, this I is hear what the what market you, yeah, wants. I hear what you're saying. So help me understand, you know, it, does it need to be, you know, this, you know, what is it that you need? If When they bring it to us, we kind of hear that through the lens, at least on the marketing communication side uh-huh. from, a, okay, so it sounds like you're trying to really help them understand or visualize this thing and, and like, why that's important. And what can we create right. to support you, you right. and then post it maybe right. or right. give you something for yeah. just in the client or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and so so that's the the marketing comm side and then on the strategy side, which which they, they're all, you know, complement each other, but it's really trying to understand, okay, so this is who you're talking to. This is what you need in order to, to do that. Help us understand, you know, exactly where they are. You know, how do they consume information? Do they consume it just on a phone call? If that's Mm -hmm. the case, we can write a script for you. If it's, no, they love to touch brochure. Okay, great. How do you need this laid out? Do we need to, you know, have it in a specific language? Like, what do we need to do to support that conversation Mm -hmm. in order for the customer to know that you truly understand what they need? Not only from a relationship standpoint, but also from a supporting material standpoint, whether that's a a social post, whether that's a webinar, Mm -hmm. whether that's a piece of collateral. And when you kind of have that constant conversation, because I'm a huge proponent of well, communication, right? Here yeah. I am. When you really start kind of getting everybody in the same same mode of trying to understand, you know, what is it that they need? How do we provide that? And what's the most, you know, efficient and value add way to do that? Then I think that's when you start having folks, you know, see like, okay, you, you get me. Mm-hmm. Like you understand what I need. Not necessarily, you know, maybe a, a stereotypical view of like a marketing or sales is like, man, I can see you you all are working together to really drive that value. And so that's kind of the shared success that, that we ultimately get to to see. And mm-hmm. it's a process, right? I mean, we're not batting a thousand, but but when when we do 
have that. I, when we do have wins, we get emails all the time. Hey, hey guys, just got this from the sales team. Like this is great. Like this is a huge win. Oh, okay, that's great. Cool. So yeah, we're, that's we're, awesome. we're making you're yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and it's shared success. It really is. It's not, oh yeah, well, you know, I landed this account or oh no, it's because I made this this one color change on this graphic. It's yeah, hey, it's a we team all effort. yeah, we really did. And it sounds some people say, Oh, that sounds kind of hokey, but it's like I'm just letting you know, like that's what we live day in and day out here. Mm-hmm. And it and it really works for us. So that's awesome. Well, I mean, it's yeah. really great to hear how supportive y'all are of each yeah. other. And I think that, I, th- I mean, it really shows. And like we yeah. said before. We've I met mean, so many NOE people. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, and to your point too, when you just said like having the support of David, you know, the, some other s- people that we've talked to, they're successful in marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the same thing. They have somebody at a higher level that's like free for all. Mm-hmm. You just take try risks. It. Yeah. yeah. And it shows because you see their marketing and you're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. that's so cool. I wish yeah. I could it's not do cookie that. cutter. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no. This is scratch kitchen NOV. So <laughs> we're just make it, making it as we go. I like cool. it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you We've for having me. We've been trying to get your podcast for yeah. the last few months. So it's yeah. kind of nice that we reserved it for our first in person one. I know. Yes. I know. So thank no, you again great. so much. Yeah. My and pleasure. Uh, if anyone wants to find the voice, Yes. Where would they find Oh, you? man. Well, I mean, I'd love to say I'm like the super duo here with flipping the barrel on, <laughs> on every every platform out there. But I'm usually on LinkedIn more often than not. I love reading articles and kind of hearing perspectives there. So it's usually my my jam is LinkedIn. But if not, well, it's pretty much LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. Okay, so <laughs> that, be, I was about to say, that's where yeah, I'm at. And now that, they have, now that they have LinkedIn stories, I, I can I can bring in my, my Insta wannabe into LinkedIn. <laughs> there so. we go. And then the voice too on on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, the voice. Yeah, so NOV Today podcast. So yeah, we have that on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. So we're we're there as well. And your lives. We are live. Yeah. So every Wednesday at 11 a.m. and 1:30 p.m. Central Time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, go check them out, and then also like, leave a comment. We love to hear from y'all too. So thank everybody in for listening, and thank you for coming on today, Michael. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you. you.